He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. If you're managing customer service and somebody asks you, where's the best place to get an old fashioned drink in mm -hmm. Milwaukee? Oftentimes you're just going in Yelp or Google or trying to look up at, through a knowledge base. Today we have a local bot on our Slack channels. So any guest experience uh, rep at our company can go to the Slack channel and type in any question and automatically get a ChatGPT based response and recommendation. Mm -hmm. And you'd be shocked. It's not perfect. Sometimes GPT recommends restaurants that are closed, but that's getting better every day. And even as of now, I challenge anybody to go into ChatGPT and ask, you know, best pizza in the city of Chicago or whatever your local recommendation is. I have found that it actually gives better recommendations than even the mm. people, locals that live in the city. You're listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, a podcast for those who are in and around the hospitality industry who love, live, and breathe what they do. You can join us for candid and unscripted conversations with hospitality experts and founders as we go deeper into their personal stories while they're sharing their triumphs and trials that got them to where they are today. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and you're listening to an episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now, let's begin. All right, we are back with another Minute with Minute, and I have a question for Nathan, who is going to answer the question of, does Minute do more than noise monitoring? Definitely. Uh, great question. We, we do get a lot of people that come in to Minute expecting that we only do noise monitoring. And that is definitely a core feature uh, of what we do here. But we have quite a few other features that hopefully um, short-term rental managers will, will find interesting. So number one, we also have security features built in. So that would be things like motion detection to let you know when guests have checked in or checked out or when the cleaners have come and gone. We also have a window break detection that goes along with that to let you know if someone's trying to break into your unit. Additionally, we can let you know if a smoke alarm or a carbon monoxide alarm is sounding in the unit with our alarm recognition. Apart from that, somewhat related to noise, we have a crowd detection feature that lets you know if a large group is gathering at the unit even before they start making noise. Our newest monitor is, is uh, available indoors or outdoors. So uh, the sensor, when you install it, you choose whether you're placing it indoors or outdoors. So it is weatherproof. And a pretty exciting feature that we have coming later this year is our uh, new ability to detect unauthorized smoking. So uh, that's a few of the features. We actually do have a few more that I didn't even get to touch on here. So if any of those interest you, check us out. I love it. You heard it here first, folks. A minute with minute. And now back to the episode. All right, Slick Talkers, this episode is one for the record books, and I don't just say that lightly because this is going to be a fun, deep dive, and maybe not a deep dive, but maybe a deeper understanding. Uh, I've gotten a lot of feedback from our previous AI episodes with Evan Dalgo and Brayden over at Adaptive, and after meeting some more people at conferences talking about AI, when Jesse DePinto, the CEO and co-founder here today as my guest, approached me for the AI chat and conversation for this episode, I was super pumped to, to say yes. So Jesse, welcome back to the podcast. How are we doing? Doing well. Well, uh, thanks. It's been a while. I know where to catch you these days, so I'm excited to, to catch up and uh, geek out on, uh, on AI with you today. I am too. I am too. This has been a conversation. Again, I'm not an expert 
and I don't claim to be an expert on chat GPT, AI, anything like that, but I'm excited because you've been playing with it and experimenting on how it benefits your guys' company. And for anyone curious on the, the live stream or for listening purposes, if you want to check out the show notes, make sure you go back to the first episode of Jesse to hear more of the story of him and building front desk. I think if you're a new time listener, it's great to go back and reference, but Jesse, let's talk chat GPT. Let's, let's get deep and down and dirty with the AI talk over here. So I, I want to know kind of what immediately sparked this with you. Was it you hopping on the bandwagon or did you really see something special with chat GPT and going, oh my God, this is actually going to have huge, huge benefits for us. Yeah, I would say uh, my experience was pretty similar to a lot of people's these days. As soon as you use the tool chat GPT for the first time, it totally rewires your brain and, and causes you to challenge all previously conceived notions you had. I like to consider myself a, a technologist, futurist, geek, um, former engineer, so I can't beat that part out of my my brain. It, this is fun for me. So I, I follow these trends and I would have thought that AI would hit our business and our industry sometime in the next decade. I never in a million years would have guessed 2023 would be the year that that AI really starts to beat into the world uh, in a way that mm-hmm. software has previously. So, you know, I used it once, was blown away. And, uh, you know, you, you're always skeptical when you see specifically venture capital investors sort of traveling in packs on any new technology, right? Whether it's Web3 or um, the metaverse or uh, you name it, you know, there's a lot of kind of uh, venture backed technology trends that have come and gone. You know, as an operator at front desk and a CEO at front desk, I, I knew pretty immediately after using the tool how transformative it could be in the industry. So mm-hmm. ever since then, uh, this has been a, a, a fun kind of exhilarating path for me to learn as much as I possibly can about uh, AI, how it will impact hospitality, how it will impact society. And uh, frankly, I want to hear how what you think about it, uh, being on the inside for so many years in the hospitality industry and uh, how you know you see a trend like this. So eager to, yeah. to climb inside of your brain here today, Will, and, uh, and see how you're using it. But yeah, um, I've been obsessing over it and still a lot to learn. I think everybody's trying to figure this all out at the same time. Clearly a lot of risks, a lot of issues that you know society is going to have to resolve. But by and large, it's a trend that's coming at all of us faster than anybody would like. And uh, this is a moment where you sort of have to embrace this change because it's, it's not stopping anytime soon. Yeah, 100%. And you know what I found interesting kind of when you approach this topic as a, a choice for, for an episode, you know, you, you mentioned on our, our pre-chat call getting to catch up. And the thing I found really fascinating was that you're not just the only one using it at front desk, right? You have actually brought this to your team and down inward and said, hey, you know, how are you using this? How can you use this in your day to day job? So uh, maybe before we jump into maybe some thoughts and other things and in, into this, I would love to kind of hear how is that response from the team at front desk going, you know, this AI thing, a lot of people, you know, just set maybe some context. Uh, I, I remember right when ChatGPT really did hit the the mainstream market and a lot of people started discovering this a lot of people were worried for their jobs they're like oh my gosh i'm a copywriter and this and that or content marketing and they're like oh this is going to come after my job and then people were like well people that use ai are going to replace you not ai so i'm curious to see what the response was like from an internal perspective 
Yeah, I, I mean, I I think um, there's a lot of people that are certainly concerned of, of what this what this is going to mean for their job. At the same time, there's no shortage of work to go around. We never have enough time to do all of the the things we want to do. And I think we've been pretty clear that the goal here is not net less jobs. The goal here yeah. is more time spent with the customer, doing the things that the robots can't do that none of us seem to have the time to really do. And this frees us up to actually do the the work of a hospitality brand and focusing on our customers. So, you know, it, it is a change. Um, I've been very vocal both internally and externally about, uh, I think, what the implications of this would be and how to apply it. I don't think it's going away. So, you know, we, we have a core value at, at Front Desk called uh, have a growth mindset. And this sort of falls right into that, right? This is a new skill, just like Google Sheets and spreadsheets are for people that haven't used it, that have to embrace it to be successful, to do their job. I think AI is going to be the next skill. Could be under the form of prompt engineering. It could be just being comfortable using some of these tools and understanding how it works. But it's a it's a new skill set, and you know I would say the optimists in our team view it as a, a opportunity to learn and grow their own skill sets and learn what might arguably be one of the most important skills to learn in the 2020s at their current place of employment. I think if we were not pushing our teammates to adapt and learn about and grow in the realm of AI, the real high performers are going to go to another company that where they are learning those opportunities. So, you know, there's mixed results, but uh, ultimately for our top performers who are really trying to up-level their skills, it's a really incredible opportunity for us to all learn and grow together and sharpen each other's skills. Yeah. And would you say it will help those top performers with efficiencies and using their time better and being able to excel you know, high performers I've seen, especially like from an entrepreneur standpoint to even like growing an internal team, high performers are already getting more done in a shorter period of time than most people. So adding maybe something like chat GPT to that, do you think that's going to increase that uh, lead time or that curve? Yeah. And I think it's going to go exponential too. your top performers. You know, it's the 80, 20 rule, right? Previous. Yeah. Maybe uh, the age of AI will skew that from an 80-20 rule to a 90-10 to rule, where instead of 80% yeah. you know, percent of the, the results at your company are done by, by 20% of the tasks being worked on or the, the teams or the people or whatever the, the measure is, I think it's going to be exponential and your really true top performers are going to be able to exponentially do more. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Let's geek out now. I want to, like, now we've set a tone, we've we kind of gotten to... to go into maybe the in, internal thinking of teams and the applications to a business. I'm not the biggest user of ChatGPT yet. I do dabble. I like to play and just like maybe use it when I run into a roadblock on my day-to-day -day tasks of, you know, growing our company and, and whatnot. I'm not the most researched and person that has kind of put together some, some findings and discoveries uh, outside of using it myself. So I will just state that as a comment, but I'm curious, you know, I've found it to be very useful. I've found it to really help when I am stuck. If I'm writing a production timeline or a script for a new podcast series, or if I'm thinking of a, a new job role and how that looks for a new member on my team, and I've never filled this role before. So what does that job description look like? How do I give them a North Star to use for, for their new position? That's been super helpful because Let's be honest, I'm an entrepreneur. I never really went to school and I don't really know how to 
structure positions other than let's just do this and we'll figure it out. So it's been really great in that sense. But maybe like, I don't know, what are some ways that you can see this being applied deeper than just the normal ask the genie in a bottle a question and hopefully it gives you a right answer? Yeah, I I think um, what I'll point to is Microsoft's um, sort of uh, positioning here that they're taking with uh, clearly Microsoft has, it has a major role in AI. They invest in, in OpenAI, the the creator behind ChatGPT, and have a pretty significant stake and get kind of first uh, dibs for any new releases. So they're they're on the inside here. But also, think of it this way: Microsoft is has always been. You know, they've gone through ups and downs, but by and large, corporate America or corporate world leader in productivity tools for workers. And so, you know, I'm, I follow their moves pretty closely. They came up with a concept they call Copilot um, 360. Co- uh, it's for their Microsoft 360 product. And if you go and watch this, it's a, like a minute and a half long video clip of how they have imagined a world in which you have ChatGPT by your side as an assistant helping you with whatever task is at hand. It's pretty jaw-dropping watching some of the examples. Now, some of this is vaporware. They're still they still haven't actually shipped a lot of this, but they have, you know, kind of gone to market saying this is what we're working on. This is where we see this going. And their vision of AI in the workplace is as a co-pilot. Think of it as a trusted assistant that can analyze spreadsheets and get you the the quick answer to any large data problems in a way where it's as easy as slacking a a coworker who you know has that skill to say, can you get me the top, you know, grossing markets uh, by building type or by unit type or whatever analysis you have to solve a certain business problem that one of their examples was a co-pilot on top of um, Excel that sifts through large data sets and gets you the answers immediately in a way in a low code natural language format that anybody can sort of understand and articulate. Another example was imagine a Microsoft Teams meeting where, um, you know, it's recording the conversation. It's with a customer. You're, you're doing a sales demo and uh, it records the transcript and it takes that transcript recording. It creates action items. It assigns those action items to somebody in your organization that manages that task. And it could even go as far as to creating, a, with the right prompts, a uh, sales deck, a presentation that you could send to the customer as an email follow-up where it does 90% of the work for you to, to plop all of the information you have in your marketing folders at the company and aligns it with what this customer said they want on that meeting. And uh, you have a, a customized customer presentation that's on brand and immediate uh, within minutes of that meeting wrapping up. You know, another example was in just Microsoft Word, where it's similar to what you s- say you're using it for today, which is sort of writing tasks, uh, whether it's a, a small thing you want to make larger, like a small sentence you want to make larger for whatever reasons you need to make it into a blog post for SEO or whatever the purpose, or if it's a large block of text you need to make shorter, maybe it's lack of time and you just want a quick click notes version. That was one of their other examples. So, you know, I sort of see specifically white collar workers who are sitting behind a laptop every day, interfacing with virtual teams, using Copilot as for a myriad of tasks. Uh, and, and, you know, Copilot is kind of Microsoft's name. I think they stole it from GitHub because GitHub has a Copilot product where, you know, for a couple of months, uh, uh, developers have had the opportunity to have this kind of uh, AI assistant in writing code 
more productively, more efficiently. So, you know, Microsoft's angle is really interesting because they look at all different areas of productivity and they see this as impacting all of those. Most people, when they use ChatGPT, they think more of, uh, you know, either internet research tasks or writing blogs, like that's the common use case, but I think it expands way beyond that. And uh, as soon as you start touching big data sets, visualizations and uh, analytics type of work, it starts to become really powerful. So, you know, what's interesting to me is that this is all low code, right? So in, in once this all ends up getting production ready and deployed, you can have your uh, least technical person in your company who just, but they know the customer really well, or they know the market really well, they can interface with this tool. They can ask the dumb questions. They would be too prideful to ask their engineers, or they can um, ask uh, it to do tasks that they wouldn't ever, ever consider having a person to delegate to. And that kind of business facing customer first professional uh, could have the, the power at their fingertips that only you know, the most technical people had you know, 10 years ago. And so I, I think this will really give more power to those creative types and the customer human types, similar to how, you know, when you put a PC on everybody's desk and you empowered the common worker to, to be more productive and have these tools to harness creativity, think of uh, how many, you know, people rely on their MacBooks to do their, their best work. They don't care how the technology works, but it's low code enough and they can interface it with it. They feel comfortable with it. So, you know, this feels like a low code revolution combined with an AI revolution, which, um, you know, gives me optimism for how this can positively impact people. And at the end of the day, serving the customer better, which is what this is all about. Yeah. Uh, I want to go back to the co-pilot thing really quick, just because I love that application of ChatGPT. I, I think if I could, whether it's my, because I have an executive assistant now, and so like whether it's her. Uh, helping her role or if it's replacing, not replacing her, but if she can't attend a meeting because she is busy doing other tasks, then I would love for this co-pilot thing to kind of jump in and take the action takeaway notes for me and making sure because I'm horrible at the the follow-up sometimes because I get so caught up in the, the meetings that, mm -hmm. you know, this sounds great, but does it sound too good to be true? That's my thing. If, if co-pilot isn't fully developed and they've, there's still a lot of the stuff that they're showing that it can do in the future. This is where I, my skeptic comes in, where I'm like, AI sounds great, but they're showing us stuff that doesn't currently exist. Is this kind of a uh, leading up for some disappointment? Yeah, it's, it's certainly early here, right? So I think ChatGPT put this in the hands of, of everybody for free in an easy way. And it all of a sudden got the world realizing how powerful this could be once it, it fully rolls out. There's a lot of work that's going to be done over the coming years. Virtually every dollar of venture capital investment is going to fund AI startups. And so it's it's a huge uh, land grab right now with tech startups to figure this out with AI. And in large part, because to your point, there's still a lot of problems to work, work through, right? Like one of them is yeah. confidentiality, right? If you put something that is a, a, a proprietary trade secret or put your code in a ChatGPT interface, you're releasing that that information, that data to OpenAI, and they can use it however they want. And so you can see privacy concerns, you can see intellectual property concerns. I think Walmart had an issue where somebody leaked confidential company information in, into ChatGPT, and it, it became a real serious problem. So you, I would say you're probably right to be skeptical right now. This is where uh, I start to really get excited about you know what's six to twelve months out. 
what I will mm-hmm. say is I think it's going to develop incredibly fast. So I, I think that, yeah. you know, we're sort of at the knee of the curve here where we finally hit the next milestone where creativity and, and innovation is going to unleash in this space. And it's already happening. I mean, I just started following OpenAI maybe a couple months ago. And, yeah. you know, even just within that time frame, they launched GPT-4 from GPT-3, 3.5 to GPT-4. They launched plugins. We that we should probably deep dive on that one because that one move is yeah. seismic in this. And they've been on a tear. And that's that they're not the only company doing this, too. You, you bet every single big tech and even small tech are, are getting into it. So I, I think now is the time to start paying attention because by the time this, it, it, I think it's going to shock people how fast this field actually develops. And you want to be ahead of that curve. You don't want to be behind that curve. So that's uh, why I get excited now. But I, I think you're right to be skeptical. And I think that uh, you could definitely make some bad, you know, one thing, for example, is if you're relying on the responses from Chap GPT for real, you know, you don't want to let it go hog wild. So for example, yeah, yeah. while while you can auto respond to emails today, do you actually want to put that power in the hands of a bot? You can today go into Zapier without knowing any code, connect your Zapier to your OpenAI account and have ChatGPT literally respond to every email that comes in your inbox. I think what's we're, we're at the stage of babysitting the algorithm today. We're babysitting yeah. the bot where you don't want to let it have full control. You know, you don't want to kick off the training wheels yet. But could you have that bot create drafted responses to every email and then Rather than you going and typing everything from scratch, you have a, a fast starting point and you can now send twice as many emails or three times as many emails because ChatGPT already did the hard, heavy lifting and you're just there to kind of do the quality assurance. I think we are at yeah. that stage where there's still productivity gains there. But yeah, don't don't trust it fully. <laughs> the responses yeah. are, uh, you know, ChatGPT has a, a function called temperature where you can set how creative or how logical you want the response. And if you're asking it to tell you a story for your five-year-old about unicorns and rainbows, you're going to want it to sort of be imaginative Very creative, and creative, yeah. <laughs> but you don't want that same temperature setting uh, when you're asking it, what's the max weight limit for this crane? Uh, you <laughs> People will die if you uh, yeah. give it that much uh, autonomy. Yeah. Well, I, I like playing devil's advocate, and I think this will be the, like the last question I have in the sense of devil's advocate because I'm a believer in it and hearing these applications because, again, I'm on the wait list for plugins. I don't know if they have actually dropped it fully or have gone that far, but I would love to use the draft version rather than have it actually respond. And we'll get into a couple of you know, thoughts around that because um, I know there's going to be some listeners listening right now who immediately are going, well, we're in the hospitality industry. It shouldn't take away our human touch. And, you know, to me, there's maybe a very, very, very fine line of too much AI to then too much human involvement or human touch manual pieces. Again, we'll go into that a little bit later, but I'm kind of curious, you know, you're talking about earlier on team members and the top performers, but now this is such a low code type of revolution with an AI revolution mix. Now these low performers, let's maybe play a little bit devil's advocate on the people that just want to clock in and clock out. They don't care about going above and beyond. They just very much are minimalistic when it comes to their day-to-day tasks or role. Does this give them the barrier, like the low barrier of entry in order to then potentially ruin a culture within a team with high performers that are using it to elevate? Or do you think this will actually help them 
become more higher performance and not become minimalistic when it comes to their actual day-to-day task and job? I mean, if they're really that type that just clocks in and clocks out, they're probably not listening to podcasts like this and trying to educate themselves on tools like ChatGPT. So it's sort of a self-sorting system. You're probably going to have, you know, lazy white collar workers that are using this to do their job and not telling anybody about it. And they're just doing half as much work. But I think eventually the truth starts to come out. And, you know, once you have two people in the same role, you can kind of benchmark productivity. And, you know, I I don't get too concerned about that. You know, and when you have really strong cultures, uh, high performance cultures, you know, B players and, and below tend to find the door faster than you need to show it to them because they just look around. And so, yeah, I mean, it certainly has the potential, but that's not what keeps me up at night about it. I mean, if somebody automates their self out of a job and uh, and the yeah. customer's happy, they're hitting their goals. You know, there's uh, I, I guess that that will last for a couple of months until you start to catch on. And uh, and, yeah. you know, it certainly could be a tool to be used for complacency. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's just a, one of those things that kind of comes to my head. I'm like, hype, there's, you know, there's a two sides to each coin. There's the high performers, and then you have like the low performers. I'm like, well, if I was a low performer, I just wanted to get a nice salary and not really do much, you know, just start using Chat GPT on everything. But yeah, no, it's, it's a good insight. <laughs> I heard in the pandemic when everybody switched to remote work suddenly, there <laughs> were engineers on, uh, you know, anonymously posting on Reddit subthreads about working two to three to four jobs all at once. Yeah. None of the employers knew that they had three other jobs yeah. and they were going to pay, you know, 75% of what they thought their going rate would be, but times four. And that probably still is happening today, you know. So I, I blame the leader and the manager for not catching on or allowing that to happen more than, uh, you know, if that's an innovative way to uh, make some money. Yeah, make your triple salary in one year. That'd be great. I, <laughs> but power to you if you could pull it off for 12 months. I love it. Um, so there's a couple things, uh, and I kind of wanted to get creative with this episode for for the listening audience, for the audio only peeps. Uh, you may want to tune in to the video version for this part because I wanted to get creative with Jesse prior to him joining. And I actually talked to GPT itself uh, prior to Jesse giving on. Um, I do have a premium OpenAI subscription, basically. So I have ChatGPT4, and I gave it a prompt. So I'm going to show this prompt and its response. And maybe, Jesse, we don't have to go all of them because it does give us quite the extensive list here of of some stuff. But we can hit maybe some applications today for short-term rental operators that would be fun and then I also want to go into referencing your LinkedIn post this morning. And I'll also make sure to link that in the show notes for people to kind of revisit and to see the conversation around this uh, with other industry leaders and, and providers in our space. But you cool if we go this route for the, this part of the episode? Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. I, I will add it here. So you'll see Jesse and I kind of disappear a little bit. So hopefully you can see the screen. So I asked ChatGPT, and I'll have to say it out loud for our audio audience listening, but I basically go, I'm about to do a podcast with Jesse DePinto, CEO and founder of Front Desk, and I kind of explained what Front Desk is to ChatGPT. We're going to talk about ChatGPT and its applications, big and small, in the short-term rental industry. Would you like to add any comments for this episode? And it said, hello, thank you for considering my input for your podcast episode with Jesse DePinto. ChatGPT has immense potential in the short-term rental industry, and I'm excited to share some thoughts and insights for, or that may that you may find useful for your discussion. Here are some key applications for ChatGPT. 
Enhancement of customer service. ChatGPT can integrate or can be integrated into messaging platforms, social media, or websites to provide instant 24-7 customer support. This can help answer common questions, resolve issues, or even offer personalized recommendations for guests, improving their overall experience. Jesse, tell me the truth. Have you guys started ap- applying this <laughs> this way, or are you thinking about it? We are, but it would it's not how you might think. Uh, you want me to dive in? Yeah, let's do it. I'm in. Okay. So we don't have bots responding to, to customers. We, we do have bots automatically sending pre-programmed scheduled messages as is typical with short-term rentals, right? And I, I think yeah. consumers appreciate this where you get an automated message saying, you know, we'll send you your, your door lock code 24 hours before check-in and, and then 24 hours before check-in, you immediately send them that always dynamic door lock code. People appreciate yeah. that level of automation. We still have humans very much so hand-holding that guest experience as virtual concierges behind the scene. However, you know, it's often the case where, you know, the person who is managing customer service um, and guest experience for the city of Milwaukee, maybe it's a, you know, we organize our customer service team in kind of a shift. And sometimes somebody has to go on vacation or, you know, life events happen and somebody has to come in and, and take over. Well, if you're managing customer service and somebody asks you, where's the best place to get an old fashioned drink in Milwaukee? Oftentimes, you're just going in Yelp or Google or trying to look up at, through a knowledge base. Today, we have a local bot on our Slack channels. So any guest experience uh, rep at our company can go to the Slack channel and type in any question and automatically get a ChatGPT-based response and recommendation. Mm-hmm. And you'd be shocked. It's not perfect. Sometimes GPT recommends restaurants that are closed. But that's getting better every day. And even as of now, I challenge anybody to go into ChatGPT and ask, you know, best pizza in the city of Chicago or whatever your local recommendation is. I have found that it actually gives better recommendations than even the Mm. locals that live in the city. It's more thoughtful. It's more kind of tourist centric. You know, locals tend to tell you that broken down shack in the quarter that has really good barbecue (laughs) when tourists just don't want to experience that. They want to. They want to go somewhere a little in between tourist and local. So we use that today, but that's an aid for our guest experience teams. It's not totally replacing the, the human automated message. We are also doing some experiments uh, where I think that you know some of these messaging platforms out there, whether it's Hospitable and So Connect or any of these kind of AI tech forward messaging platforms, they're probably already working on this if they haven't mm-hmm. even announced it yet where you can actually respond context-rich answers. And so we set up a demo in kind of a, a quick and dirty Google Sheet where we simulated a guest asking a question about, you know, where's the fire extinguisher at this property? And it's not an easy question for a, a bot to answer, but if you feed it the right data and you have it connected to your knowledge base, whether that's in Notion yeah. or Airtable or wherever you store your knowledge base for the properties, you can have that you can guide that bot to look at the most recent updated knowledge of that property and automatically respond. And you can take it a step further and give it your brand voice guidelines and say, now apply this in this brand voice. The front desk is, we like to consider ourselves responsive, energetic. I I should know the the five pillars here, but the, the brand voice pillars that your branding people want you to respond in, you can guide ChatGPT to respond context rich real answers to real questions that are in sync with your proprietary database in a brand uh, approved fashion. Like that is coming. It's still patchwork right now. Everybody's working on it, but the technology is there and it's a matter of 
piecing all of those things together. So we're, we're close, but you know, it goes back to that draft conversation. Do you really want these bots kind of auto responding things that could be bad answers and you don't want to give your guests that bad guest experience until it's really perfected? I think the more sure. likely answer is going to be a draft inbox and then give somebody the power to hit send or edit it. All right, Slick Talkers, now for another dynamic sponsored duo of the podcast. I would love to introduce you to Vintory and Safely. About Vintory, we've had Brooke Fotts on the podcast, who is a founder, multiple times, and him and his team know numbers. They know data and they know marketing. They know how to help property managers just like you scale and grow their business by adding more inventory, aka more homes, into your rental program that drive the bottom line. For all of you listeners that want to learn how to scale and grow your inventory, you can get a free digital copy of Brooke's book called From Zero to 500 Properties in Five Years. And for an added bonus, if you would do a demo of the Vintory platform, you'll get a $50 gift card to Amazon. Now that's a sick deal. And now to touch on our friends at Safely.com. Safely.com helps property managers just like you and I protecting the homes that they manage from structural damage to content damage and of course bodily injury. This means plates, linens, cups, couches, tables, curtains, walls, and of course your guests themselves are protected. And this helps you by scaling your company in order to ensure that you are retaining owners and inventory in your program. If anything is broken or if anyone is hurt, you are able to make a claim through Safely and within three business days you can get instantly paid out to replace any items and settle any claims that happen on site without having to deduct from your owner's payouts. That's why I call these guys the dynamic sponsor duo. And thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Check out their offers in the show notes and back to the episode. Yeah, definitely. And I love that. And it's super creative and efficient. It sounds like, especially that you're able to play with it and kind of build it out before completely launching. I know earlier, just a couple, maybe minutes ago, before showing the screen of ChatGPT's response, uh, we talked about your LinkedIn post. So you posted this morning. What day is it? We are in April 11th recording this. This will go out shortly, a couple of weeks after. Uh, we might be able to move the production schedule due to the timeliness of the conversation. But you know, you posted out this morning on LinkedIn, short-term rental pros, how are you using AI tools like ChatGPT in your business today? Drop a comment below excited because we're having this conversation and you know we're seeing it like you mentioned enzo connect francois shout out to to you my friend over there launching something very soon think zapier meets ChatGPT. that's all i can say and then of course your response i knew you'd have something juicy for us and then there's others that are mentioning and i want to bring up this comment uh to the forefront and we can chat about some stuff here zach booza cruz who has the podcast behind the stays on hospitality.fm our podcast network his comment to you, and this was a, a fun comment for me. He goes, you know what I'd love to hear? Thoughts on new startups in the space like Guest Guru, Host AI, and Yada. Would love honest feedback on the AI products and services that make sense based on size of your portfolio and or the maturity of your brand. So I want to know kind of your thoughts, but he mentions a company that I am an advisor for, and I want to put that disclaimer out there for Guest Guru. Um, we actually are going to insert a message from the founder, Tom, who uh, has given us a comment to kind of help share with any of the listeners about Guest Guru. So we'll insert that here. But Jesse, I would love to know um, your perspective. You know, what are your thoughts on new startups? Do you think this is going to become, I don't want to say like the tech, so you know, you're very much in the tech space of our industry. You, you know, technology, 
you know that there's a lot of products and companies out there today that are either duplicates and they're all doing the same thing, but just different kind of brands and and maybe a couple different features here and there, but the core, they're the same. And big shout out to Andrew Kitchell from Wheelhouse for kind of doing the the chart of like the different segments of technology in our industry. If you don't know what we're talking about, I can link to it in the show notes. But anyways, without trying to drag this on, there's already a lot of tech out there. Now this is opening up a door for new tech. What are your thoughts, Jesse, in the sense of sustainability and potentially technology companies that exist but no longer will become relevant due to AI? Well, uh, loaded question. <laughs> yeah, let me see how I can dissect that. Um, first of all, a lot. <laughs> there are hordes of startups that are built on top of ChatGPT being birthed right now, You know, less than a week old, less than a month old, less than a quarter old. That's not unique to our industry. Short-term rentals, mm-hmm. we just happen to be a pretty good niche, I would think, mm-hmm. for any entrepreneur who wants um, some kind of beachhead market and you know, short-term rental industry is pretty tech-forward relative to a lot of industries. We're, we're usually quick to adapt new tech. It's sort of by nature of us being sort of a young industry ourselves, the short-term rentals. So I think it's a great place to launch an AI startup. From a sustainability standpoint, I think that it's a bloodbath right now. And mm-hmm. there's going to be the game that um, the venture-backed startups are playing right now, whether they, they like to admit it or not, is that there's 100 for every 100 AI startups vying for that seat, there's probably going to be 10 created instead of five might have been previously. So I'm generally more optimistic that there is huge entrepreneurial opportunity related to ChatGPT. But even if 10 exists, that still means 90 are going to go under. So, you know, a company like Front Desk, we serve 15,000 guests a month. We're not usually early adopters on these type of things because the reality is that a lot of these startups, SaaS startups, come and go. And you sort of have to pick your your bets wisely. Um, and so, you know, that's just the reality of this game right now. However, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of really exciting innovations happening in the space. I think the SaaS companies that already have a foothold in the short-term rental market are going to lever if, if they're smart, forward thinking, have a good tech team, they're going to leverage AI as a way to upsell their existing customers. You know, Zendesk, for example, the, the juggernaut yeah. in ticketing software, everybody knows Zendesk, you know, they're, they're adding uh, additional price tiers where you get access to their AI for certain things if you pay 50% more per seat, right? So I think that's a real great opportunity. And I also think totally new opportunities will emerge that nobody had ever thought of before. Creating, you know, personalized trip planners for every guest, no matter the city, no matter their, how much data you have on them, like things like that have been just technologically infeasible that I think once you have sort of zero cost knowledge, like you have in the world of AI, I think new industries, new products, new roles will open up and um, there, you definitely have to pay attention to that. So I don't, I can't comment on any of the three startups mentioned. Frankly, I, I just don't know who they are. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at their websites right now, so I could give you anything insightful there. But, you know, as a large scaled operator, you know, our, our take is be cautious and stay at the forefront, but also, you know, choose your bets wisely for new, you know, new operators in the space. There's, there's a lot of really great services being offered that if you're creating a short to rental operating business today, you can sort of piggyback off of the new modern tech stack, which is much different than it was a year ago. And you can make a, a stronger business by leveraging some of these new tools. So I think it's overall exciting for the industry, but uh, I do remain pretty skeptical and cautious on yeah. that side. Yeah, no, totally. I, as as we all should. I think, you know, 
who says it, uh, or somebody said it earlier. I think it was, you know, shout out to Brooke Fotz, who's been doing this cool series, uh, LinkedIn post, uh, asking thought leaders in our space, some questions about failure, 10 things that they learned with failure in their business early days. And Robin Cragen with moving mountains answered on the sense of death by subscription, uh, oversubscribing to technology could be kind of a common failure or, or mistake early days for a lot of short-term rental companies, vacation rental management companies in, in general, you know, they add all these bells and whistles that don't need to be added. And now they're paying a ton of money and subscriptions that make no sense. So, you yeah. know, it's always good to be skeptical with that <laughs> there. Should we bring chat GPT back to uh, go over some more points or do you have any other thoughts or comments around some of the stuff we've already hit? No, let's, let's do it. Let's keep going. Awesome. All right. So, we're back with ChatGPT, and this one, uh, I actually, so I'll share, if you're listening on the audio, I'm not going to go all, it gives us seven points. I shared one, and then it you know concludes after all seven, says there are just a few ways, or these are just a few ways that ChatGPT can be utilized in the short-term rental industry. I hope these insights help drive an interesting conversation with Jesse DePinto and provide valuable information for your audience. Enjoy your podcast episode. So kind of personalized, which was kind of like, whoa, weird. And it used your name, Jesse, like multiple times. And then I asked it kind of, again, de devil's advocate over here. I said, awesome. Is there anything you'd like us to address on this episode on any potential false understandings of ChatGPT and AI in general? And again, a personalized response. Thank you for the opportunity to address potential misconceptions about ChatGPT and AI in general. Here are a few points you may want to cover during your podcast episode to help clarify misunderstandings. And number one, I'm not going to go all of them. It gives me six points. AI is not infallible. It is important for users to understand that ChatGPT, like any AI system, can make mistakes or generate incorrect information. Users should always verify critical information and not solely rely on AI-generated responses which we did say in this episode earlier. <laughs> you heard her first here on the Slick Talk podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so it is good to know that this was brought up by the machine itself. And then the fun one, just to kind of maybe give another example, it says AI lacks true understanding. ChatGPT cannot, or sorry, ChatGPT can generate coherent and contextual relevant responses, but it does not truly understand the meaning behind the text. It can't experience emotions or have a sense of self-awareness and its responses are based on patterns found in the data it was trained on. So this is a, an important takeaway, I think, for a lot of listeners, viewers, stuff like that, because I think there is that scary, let's you know, if we have a tinfoil hat, put it on. There's that scary piece, right, where people are like, hey, I was going to take over the world and it's uh, you know, gonna become the age of or the dawn of AI, whatever they want to call it. And there's been some maybe false, I don't know how true they are, so I'm not correctly sourced, but I know there's been like TikToks or other clips that have gone viral where people are asking ChatGPT or AI products. I think Bing was one of the the search engine Bing was one of them where it was like, Yes, I have feelings and I have emotions and this is what I think about humanity and da 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 da, da. I would love to be human is basically its response. <laughs> <laughs> is, Jesse, do you think this is something we should all be worried about? I, look, I don't want to say that's not all going to happen. Um, <laughs> anything's possible here and uh, there are some real scary things. What I will say is we're not going backwards. Now that humanity has seen this 
<laughs> sort of embrace it or get left behind in the stone ages because it's coming whether we like it or not, we're going to have to figure this out. So from that standpoint, it doesn't really matter whether I think those doomsday scenarios will come true. I, either way, you have to kind of understand how this stuff works. And so I don't know, maybe maybe uh, you and my virtual selves will be having this conversation and in centuries from now, all slightly said differently in different tones uh, and AIs will be uh, roaming the world. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I, I did start. I haven't, we haven't gone into full production, but we actually created a 10 episode series called the AI Touch podcast. And it's all done by AI. It was written by ChatGPT. It was voiced by me, but done through AI. So I just wow. typed in my response and it, it uses my actual voice to, to respond. So we created some characters and we will launch it. I don't know how soon, but it was a fun project to play with. So AI is used outside of ChatGPT. You know, the software I use was Descript for the voiceover. So you can type in a transcription or a script and it will voice the people for you based on your voice or artificial voices they've made. It's a lot of fun to play with, but a little scary. A little scary. I like hearing my voice. <laughs> uh, remind me to come up with like a code word for you on the next podcast. So I know if it's really you or not. Uh, you never know these days. Can't be too safe. No, I, I want to go back to that list and comments on just two things. One is, yeah. One that they said that I, I really agree with. And one is one they did not mention that, frankly, I think was a miss. One that they said was streamlining communications, I think, was the, the word. And it referenced uh, guest communications, I think, still in this thought process of kind of automating responses. But think about how many internal messages go back and forth that could be streamlined, right? So yeah. how often is it if you're in a large organization where you ask a question and somebody gives you the response with a link to the knowledge base that answers that question because somebody got sick of answering the same question 20 times and so they made a knowledge base article. Well, we're playing around with what we call a Wikibot where you could summon the Wikibot on any Slack chatter and give the real source of truth answer and you're streamlining internal communication. Not only is that, do you have now more time to focus on serving the customer, but you can actually respond back to the customer faster because it's 365. Yeah. So I look at it more as like a tool to serve the customer versus a tool to respond to the customer. Yeah. I want to empower our team with that. One item it did not mention that I'd like to highlight is reviewing reviews. So if you're in the short-term mm -hmm. rental business, you live and breathe based on these reviews. It, anywhere in hospitality you do, but in short-term yeah. rental, you get the opportunity of tons of reviews. It's just exorbitantly more than you would get from a hotel guest. And in those reviews are treasure troves of data. And so what we've done, we used to have somebody we, we hired to actually categorize all of the different reviews because we're serving 15,000 guests a month. So it's not an easy task yeah. to actually yeah. sift through that data. If you can categorize the reviews, figure out what the sentiment was of the review and what the top like three, usually you have like 20 buckets. It's a trash issue. It's a cleanliness. It's a smell issue. Like all these properties, it's one of 20 things. So you categorize those and you draw trend lines and you could start to hold leaders accountable to trends that have not gotten fixed in a market. Or you start to look across the company. Hey, check-in is a real problem here. We need a new tech feature that impacts every guest. And so reviews data and some of the analytics, I'll leave your listeners with two takeaways to solve these two problems. There's low-code tools here outside of ChatGPT most people don't know about. One is GPT for work. It's a plugin that sits inside of Google Sheets where you can use ChatGPT inside a Google Sheet cell. And so you can do really interesting things once you make ChatGPT one of the many formulas that your, your Google Sheets or Excel spreadsheets use. So imagine some if, count if, and GPT response if 
um, this. And then you take a custom prompt. You can get through massive data sets of contextual data that a human or a, a previous bot would never be able to do in, in a feasible time. Another is ChatterDocs. There's this uh, chatterdocs.ai is the link. And you can hook up a chat bot to your uh, wiki or to a PDF or to a, a sheet. And it can you can actually query it based on your own proprietary data. So that's where this gets to be really powerful is when you can use some of these tools for data you would never share with the public, like, like reviews or something like that. Maybe reviews is a bad example. But you, you, once you can get internal proprietary information and keep it proprietary, and use ChatGPT AI type of tech on it, it gets really powerful. So those are the two tools I would use if I was a listener trying to take this to the next level up beyond just the ChatGPT OpenAI website. Super powerful tools that we found yeah. in our business, at least. So ChatterDocs.ai, can you maybe, I'm, maybe I'm not fully grasping. So you just use that for internal stuff, like on a sheet or uh, anything like that. It just is, how is that? I guess maybe walk me through that a little bit more. So imagine if, if an employee is able to ask a question on Slack uh, for some kind of HR policy that exists in the employee handbook. Well, if you take that PDF handbook, usually there are a couple dozen pages, right? Yeah. You can load it into this program and give employees a knowledge base to chat with, yeah. to ask questions. Again, it's sort of like most of the time true, and you have to really make sure you know when it's true or not. But that's maybe one use case that draws the comparison. So your own uploaded data, uh, whether it's through a PDF or, or a Word doc or some kind of other format, a CSV file, it, it's what they call uh, in the GPT world kind of fine-tuned modeling or training the model on your own data sets. It's, it's a, another way to think of it is kind of a quick hack to doing a plugin, right? Expedia, we haven't even touched on plugins, but like yeah. the plugins that are coming to ChatGPT may very well make these, these that tool obsolete but this is you know for those itching to really start to get advantage of those tools uh this is kind of a way to do that with a quick hack for the time being yeah well speaking of plugins this is something that's been in the back of my mind you said it a couple of times you guys have kind of a slack channel built in chat gpt type of responder uh wiki and i'm curious i really want to have that <laughs> we have constantly like in our business and I, it doesn't apply exactly short-term rentals but a hospitality fm we're onboarding podcasts like crazy we have a production arm and we have a, a management arm and i would love to have some kind of slack ability so i'm not answering the same damn questions over and over again and mm -hmm. how did you guys do that did you do a plug-in or how how has that worked for you guys and then let's go into the conversation of plugins well, I might be getting overly excited here. We still haven't figured this out. We have some uh, small scale experiments. And, uh, but, you know, the tool sets I would use for something like that would be some of the low code tool sets. Zapier is a powerful one here for interfacing with ChatGPT and ChatterDocs is another. But, you know, it, it's, it's probably going to come from an established player within the next three to six months would be my prediction on this. So keep a lookout because these tools are technically possible and coming out every day. Yeah. So you guys aren't on the plugin side of ChatGPT yet or OpenAI? So we're keeping a close eye. Um, obviously, Expedia, Kayak, OpenTable, I mean, major yeah. hospitality. And, and if you hear non-hospitality podcasts, they're talking about hotels as like one of the major use cases here. 
Like imagine you can yeah. ask ChatGPT, you know, I have a family uh, with kids, uh, I need somewhere kid friendly, somewhere around Miami, but not exactly Miami, maybe 30 miles away that has, you know, like a daycare nearby and, and a pack and play in the unit and uh, at the, this date range. It, it, with the Expedia plugin, you can, in theory, nobody's seen this yet outside of demos, yeah. but in theory, you can get uh, a, Expedia will kick back to you the top kind of Expedia results to match that search. So I, I think that anybody that lists with Expedia will have access to this by nature of listing on Expedia, uh, similar to how yeah. Google works today or how like, you know, Alexa, it's funny because they sort of hyped up that exact same use case for Alexa. But are you really <laughs> going to talk back and forth with like that much text for something like booking a hotel and you listen to Lex talk for five minutes when you could have easily skimmed the text. <laughs> I think it's a little bit yeah. different, but it's the same kind of application. So we're keeping a close eye on on that. For sure. No, I love it. I love it. There's so much that we've unpacked. And, you know, I know there's, I don't know, it makes me just want to go like cancel all my meetings for the rest of the day and just play with chat DBT and AI and plugins and like streamlining stuff because I'm like, oh my God, I just want to solve some of these problems. But another day for another time. Uh, I'm curious, <laughs> you know, you, you said, you know, before we hit record, I would love to know, you know, in the next couple months, what's what's in the horizon for Front Desk and and what you guys are you know setting out to accomplish. Yeah, so we're not launching an AI tool. I just wanted to sit here to <laughs> uh, to geek out with you and uh, hear how some of this sits with you. No, Front Desk is a scaled national hospitality brand. We focus on short term rental apartments in downtown metro areas is our sweet spot. We serve 15,000 customers every every uh, month coming in and out of our doors when over 30 markets. We built a lot of our technology in-house, the property management system, revenue management system. And so we're, we're certainly sort of early adopters here on this front. Uh, we have some, we closed our Series B financing round, um, I think since, since I've been on the podcast last. So yeah. that was an exciting announcement, uh, kind of middle of last year. JetBlue uh, Ventures is one of the, uh, Hospitality-related investors on our cap table, very strong and great partners there. And work uh, the front desk team continues to be on a tear here. It's fun watching the rebound of corporate travel, of urban travel, and uh, it's been fun. We have some exciting announcements here in the coming months um, that I can't go into yet, but uh, you'll see some developments happening and uh, all fun things around here. Excited, really, to um, you know, at the end of the day, use these tools to do what we do best, which is building a national beloved short-term rental brands in the uh, downtown metro areas. I love it. And this is a great opportunity to be kind of a uh, shameless plug. Once you are ready to announce in the next couple of months, not on just Slick Talk, but we're going to get you on Good Morning Hospitality, get some breaking <laughs> news coverage, go live Monday morning, get the coffee going and and do some do some breaking news uh, interviews with you and the, oh, the man. team there with Brandy and, and Michael, which would be a huge blast for us. We would love it. I would I would crash that party any uh, any day of the year. Just give me the time yes. and place. I'll be there. Yes. That, you heard it here first, guys. So if Jesse doesn't go on Good Morning Hospitality with an announcement, we're all going after him with ChatGPT <laughs> bots. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, man. My, my, Michael and Br Michael on uh, specifically on uh, ChatGPT bots. That sounds like a doomsday right there. You, you and Brandy, <laughs> yeah. I could take, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that other guy on there. <laughs> yeah, the, the other guy over there, he's he's a little wild with that. Jesse, I, I did give you a pre-warning. I was going to ask you a question, and we've been doing this thing where I ask the guest before you without telling them who you are. 
what we talk about to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you the same thing without telling you who's next. I would love okay. to, to hear. So we had Juan Miguel, who is the CEO and, and founder of Odium Rentals out in Puerto Rico. He had a question for you in the sense of when adversity knocks at your door, how do you handle it? Lean in. It's a growth Lean opportunity. In. Yeah. Every, every struggle is part of life. And uh, if you don't view struggle and pain and adversity as a potentially positive growth opportunity, it's a depressing life to live it. So every struggle is an opportunity and, and you grow through it. Um, and, and you look back and nothing makes you happier on the other side than to uh, face that adversity head on. So, but first you crumple up, you cry a little bit and, uh, <laughs> and then you do all that. Yeah, we are humans. We're not at GBT where we just lean into it. Uh, but yes, I love that. That's a great yeah. answer. Okay, now without knowing who's next, what would you like to ask them? And maybe it could be anything. There's no, there's no limit here. I'd like to ask, how do you, I mean, I'm going to stay on the AI theme. Clearly, I, I want to Love better it. understand Love how it. this applies. Where do you think AI is going to make the biggest impact on your short-term rental business hmm. or hospitality Good. business? I love it. I love it. Well, you heard it here first, Slick Talkers. We're going to go more into AI throughout the conversations. Jesse, outside of all the links in the show notes for your brand, obviously front desk, where can people reach out to you directly? If they're like, hey, that Jesse guy, he had some stuff I want to talk to him about. Where can that, where can we send them? Uh, LinkedIn or Twitter. My, my handles are Jesse Dupinto. So you find me at the same link that uh, you'll probably drop in the show notes. Reach out anytime. I'd love to hear from you. Awesome. I love it. Well, Slick Talkers, go ahead, like and subscribe, all things front desk. Jesse DePinto, AI, ChatGPT, all the stuff that we've covered. I'm going to link everything in the show notes. We're going to have a hefty, hefty show note block of AI context. I will also post on my personal LinkedIn the questions I asked ChatGPT into the leading of this conversation. So that way you can see the full response if you're curious and the funniness of how they responded and use Jesse's name. Like, thank you so much for asking about my opinion. It was great. It was fun to have you on the show, Jesse. And I just want to say thank you again for approaching me with this topic. And it was such a, a blast to kind of chop it up with you a little bit. Yeah. Likewise, Slick Man. Always good to catch up with you. <laughs> slick Man. I love it. All right, Slick Talkers. <laughs> we'll see you all again next week. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to our show partners for making Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, possible. We hope you enjoyed the show and we would love to connect with you outside of the podcast. So you can follow us on all of our social media channels for daily hospitality content or find us on slicktalkthepodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and we will see you guys all again next week.